0: Fuck's sake, I hate this stupid damn sport. Welcome to the Night Shift Football Podcast, episode 113. Are we up to 113 Unlucky 13. Arsenal have blown everything. It's all over. It sucks. I hate it. Um Tommy, how are you going?
1: Yeah, uh just on top of the world, Sam. I love football.
0: It's brilliant, there's,
1: isn't there's, it? There's hope. There's hope at you know at the end
0: of this dark, dark yeah. tunnel. <laughs> What's your cheapest option for watching Championship football next season? Uh, probably just not. I think I might just, um, just not watch
1: it. Yeah, I might just try and find a new Premier League team. We maybe we can open a poll up on the Facebook page and, and find Tommy
0: a new team. Yeah. Okay. I don't mind that. Uh, Cooper, how you going, man? Are you enjoying football or what? Um.
2: Yes and no. Uh, it's had its 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 ebbs and flows over the last seven days, but. I've sort of had a look around the group and thought it could be going a lot worse for me. So, so I'm not mm. down
0: in the dumps. Gee, what a sensible answer. Um,
1: sits let's, on the fence as
0: per usual. Fence sitting Cooper is what we call him. Or feet fence. I don't know, something weird. I don't splinters. <laughs> splinters we'll call him. Um, all right, let's dive straight into Champions League football. I had high hopes for AC Milan moving forward after their Serie A form had turned to shit, but Two legs against Inter have come and gone. We're recording on the Wednesday night um after the second leg. Milan lost the first two-nil goals from Edin Dzeko and Henrik Mkhitaryan. and then this morning came out and lost one nil. Latara Martinez with the goal, three nil on aggregate, never really in it from ten minutes into that first leg, were they, Tommy?
1: Uh no, unfortunately not. We you made the very salient point now, in saying, like in saying that Milan didn't have the firepower potentially, um, to get this over the line, and nor did they have the defensive structure in order to try and grind out a nil nil in the first leg and take it to the second. Yeah, that it the first leg would it, that hurts so bad to come to come back into the second leg two nil down.
0: Yeah, um, they ended up having they did end up missing Rafael for that first leg, came back for the second the damage was kind of done uh, into just getting it, just getting it done against a Milan team that I guess uh, being picked off in Serie A at the moment.
1: They had two good chances though, in the first half of the second leg, um, the Diaz one's probably the biggest of the, of the duo. Cause I mean, Leah uh, had a nice, a nice chance where he bundles over um, was it Damian. And then sells one in the box and fires it past the keeper, but you know you're basically looking at open goal uh, for Diaz, unfortunately. And he was already running off celebrating by the look of it, and for that shot to be stopped um, surprised a lot of people watching it in the stadium.
0: Yeah, he's been in a he's been an interesting player Diaz this year. He sometimes he turns it on, and you can see why Milan was so uh, so fierce in their pursuits of him to stay um, from Real Madrid, but. Other times you're watching, you're like, this isn't the guy that's going to take them forward. But uh, it's weird to be talking about this Milan team like this because they did win the league last year. Um, but True. Yeah. they just haven't been able to replicate anything close to that. Everyone just a year old. They didn't really bring in anyone new. Um, the one signing they did bring in, they brought in a Belgian kid who has been flop of the season, De catalier Should have just um, let him go to Leeds, man. He has been, him and Pogba, have been the two worst signings in the Italian league this season. <laughs> um,
1: Side note, did you see Pogba's return to form on the weekend? <laughs>
0: no, I did not. 20-odd minutes and then pulls a muscle and he's off again. Wicked. Love that. Um, but yeah, second leg this morning. They come back and uh, it's just kind of more of the same, really. Milan just don't have the firepower. And Inter, uh, Inter have a good squad of... I don't know if they're going to be able to win whoever they come against, come up against in the final. But they have a a, a decent looking side going forward with that. Dzeko with experience, Martinez. We know we've talked about plenty on this show. Um, young players like Freddy DeMarco, um Denzel Dumfries, who I can't stand, but is a gun. Nico Barella, who is currently being linked with Liverpool, um, and then a weird mix of like Europa League kind of guys like Matteo Damian, Henrik Mkhitaryan, guys like that. Um, it's just ex-United players. <laughs> yeah, but they found their way forward. They're through They're through to the next round. They're into the final. First time since they won it with Mourinho. Uh, I believe they beat Bayern 2-0 in that final.
1: Back in 2010.
0: Yeah, maybe. That's one for Cooper. <laughs> I'm going to go 2-0 against Bayern at the Bernabeu. And I'm going to say Diego Melito scored both goals. But we can uh, we can fact check that later on. Um, what, whilst he's googling, I just wanted to ask him: What would you have
1: Barella
2: in your Liverpool side? Uh yeah, I think so. Um, I think the Liverpool midfield is day by day getting a little bit older and, and weakening, and it's probably the position in the you know within the team that that needs fixing the
0: most. Um, so yeah, I think Barella would be a good place to start. Back record for Italians in the Premier League in England not fantastic, but. He does look uh, like kind of different. Um, I struggle to even name a few, like Zola, obviously. But Did you see that stat that there's only
1: ever been one Italian player in the Prem to win it? Was it Zola?
2: No. Mario Balotelli.
1: Bang. That's Balotelli.
0: Oh, there you go.
2: Right.
1: Or, you know, Jorginho, if uh, Arsenal fans would let you know in March.
2: Oh, fuck's sake. You had to, didn't you? 22nd of May, 2010, Into 2 by a nil at the Santiago Bernabeu in Madrid oh. and Milito scored in
0: the 35th and 70th minutes.
2: There great. you go. Get around Redemption. me.
0: Inter's trouble. I knew it. I knew it. I had that one. I remember distinctly watching that game and I just remember Diego Milito scoring bags of goals that year being massively underrated. But I don't know. Inter fans will be hopeful they can replicate that. Will they or won't they, Cooper? Because they're going to come up against Real Madrid or Manchester City. First leg was one all. By the time people hear this, The second leg will have been played. I don't know if you want to cap any of the first leg and predict the second or I'll give you the floor here. Yeah, just a good game, the first leg. I mean, it's
2: two of the best teams in Europe with some of the best firepower just going at each other. I mean, Vinicius is just getting better and better to watch by the minute and the goal he scored was just another wonderful goal. And, you know, City needed a moment of class and who else, but probably the classiest player in world football right now to give it to him? It was a another great goal two great goals from outside the box um just a good leg and it's going to re- lead into a really good second leg at the etihad um i don't know if madrid are going to be good enough to go to manchester and and beat city but if there's a team you'd want to play away to in an important second leg of a champions league final it's probably going to be city i don't necessarily think the etihad's going to be going to be a cauldron by any sorts for for the blues overnight um But no, Mm, I said to you before um, that I thought the two Milan teams were playing off to see who got to lose to the winner of the other leg in a Champions League final. And I still still very much feel that way. I don't know if a Champions League final is going to get out of hand score-wise, but I think whoever wins this evening's game is going to be a very strong favourite going into the final.
1: Mm, The sacrifice for City's treble, isn't it? Um, no I think you're exactly right it's not a feared arena in England like it is like for Anfield or Old Trafford for example Um, and I like what you said about Vinny we mused on his back when it was the old Sammy and I double team we mused on whether or not he was elite level and has your opinion changed Sam on this is he is he reaching this level now what did I say I can't remember I think we said he was in the middle period of like getting from the level below Mbappe yeah. Haaland up in there. If he can yeah, shoot them so. to that a right. final and then potentially like to a Champions League victory, that would surely put him up in the upper echelon.
0: Uh, I would have to, wouldn't it? He's at the center of every kind of highlight reel that comes out of Real Madrid. He's still only 22 as well, you know? So um, yeah, uh, this could be his year. And I feel like this game tomorrow um, you know, I I fear that City are going to score four goals every time they run out on the pitch. That's the way they look when they play, but they're also still vulnerable on that counter. If Vinny Junior gets a sniff countering against Kyle Walker, um, you know, City's backline hasn't held up the best. It's more that they they defend they defend from the front as a team really well. So I think like like I've said pretty often on here when if you can keep the ball for you know 10 15 seconds string a few passes together and beat that initial city press um, you can exploit them pretty well at the back um, and I I think Vinny jr up against Kyle Walker is a matchup that uh, Madrid would love uh, they might even even if they swapped him over and they, he ends up running at someone like Manu Akane, Um you'd be backing Vinny to snag one or two and then it's just a matter of how many city can score
1: mm, you might be slightly underrating Walker there because i I think his performance, especially Maybe. against Vinny, outside of you know the belting goal that he scored, that was a great matchup. And I think there was there were tit for tat. There was sometimes that he was getting the better uh, the better yeah. of it, and sometimes Kyle Walker was beating him to it. Um, my favorite part of this game was when I went to go watch the highlights. Uh, the top comment on the Stan Sports um, video stream on YouTube is uh, great level of football up there with the A League, and I I tend to agree. This fixture <laughs> would look out of place at Hindmarsh
0: brilliant i love that is um, there
2: um sorry sammy is go. there do we think there's a level of pressure on this manchester city team that there perhaps isn't on this real madrid team coming into this game um and what's going to end up being unfortunately for everyone else what a decade long dynasty for manchester city with silverware everywhere the one thing that's really eluded them is this Champions League title and with Inter waiting on the other side of this bracket there will there hasn't been and there probably will not be a better opportunity to get their hands on one than this season
0: who's taken mm, that I don't know do
1: they do they feel pressure I mean are they not in just Beast mode at the moment what have they won now uh, 15 games in a row in the Premier League or something 12 13. They've undefeated in so long, like marched onwards. This is when they really click into gear, and this is what they've been primed for. So, I I just can't, I just don't think pressure is a thing that factors into a city performance. I think Real Madrid are going to have to be jammy as fuck. They're going to have to utilize set pieces um, like they did in the first leg. There was a few opportunities where a nice cruise ball opened up Benzema for chances and stuff like that. I I can't I can't see Madrid getting past Manchester City in their quest for the treble like it just it seems like a lock to me
0: yeah I think um I disagree a bit on the pressure I do think there is that added pressure for City going into this just because it is their the elusive Champions League that they haven't been able to snag uh but I still think they're just far too good and they'll overcome it um it's up to Real Madrid to try and I guess like I said with Vinny before just try and exploit those jitters I guess but I, I still see Manchester City being too strong. I see them going through. I see them winning this tournament and uh, snagging that treble. Mm-hmm. There's a tactical weakness,
1: definitely. Um, you know, like you said, when the the forwards can't utilize the press, and you can get at the midfielders and open up the defense, but it's so few and far between. Yeah, this could this could definitely have City tune you up after 25 minutes, and and that could be game
0: done. Yep. Um. We'll move it. Up. Are we all in a that whoever wins this is winning the final? I think so,
1: but you might be underrating where inters come from, or oh, we might be underrating where inters come from in this. You know, they were in the group of death, like they had Bayern and Barca, and they've eclipsed
0: both of them in this tournament. And so, I would I would doubt them at, at your peril. Well, I think. Bayern did absolutely butcher Inter, and Barcelona mm. were pretty average in the group stage, but um. A softest draw as well for Inter coming through them and Milan had a pretty soft draw through to the semi final, unless uh, excluding Napoli. I guess Napoli, yeah. Milan beat, but um, oh well, they're there. I think yeah, the winner will come from City and Madrid. Uh, moving to a different Spanish team because Barcelona have wrapped up the league. Tommy xavi has got a title, um, a four two win away to. Espanol, Espanol, and I believe you caught a bunch of this. And I'd also like <clears> to ask <throat> you what, um, you know, I I will have a think about what sort of six pack I want. I was going to say I should ask pack. you. You,
1: did you ask want? Me. Did you want? Did you want a harder four pack potentially? Do you want a double jacks or something? Because I am ruining this bet. that I. No, I'm not ruining it. There was four games to go. Lever is done his job. Uh, initially, I just I thought the the fee that they paid for him 45 odd million euros that he was not going to return in spades and look I've been proven that I know nothing as per usual <laughs> he's been brilliant if not if not a flat track bully against bottom five sides but you know a goal's a goal um, he did it again scored a brace gets himself up to 21 we don't have to argue about is 20 enough and you know that's 21 in like something of 27 or 28 uh, La Liga games he's He's been fantastic, and the way Javi's incorporated him into this team, you know, as a focal point and also as that six-yard uh, tap-in merchant has been brilliant. He's, he's a phenomenal forward.
0: Yeah. I think also uh, he's within his rights to be a bit of a flat track bully these days anyway at the age of 34. He's been there and done it for long enough. I don't
1: know that that gives you the right to go out and step against lower opposition. <laughs> like, he, I mean... They won the
2: league. He okay. scored 20-odd goals. He shot him to the title. I know. I, sh- I shouldn't argue. I shouldn't argue. Yeah, I think he's been great. I, I think the right for Lewandowski to be a flat track bully this season comes from him scoring 21 goals in comparison to Rafinha, who is Barcelona's second top scorer, sitting on seven goals. So you have to beat these bottom five sides to to win the title, and someone has to score the goals, and he's really been the only one that's been doing mm. it. Was that just a sideswipe at Rafinha as well? Because I thought he's been great. No, he's you know, second in goals for Barcelona with seven and leading their assist with seven as well. So he's been he's been a good pickup for Barca. I think there's just been a few too many disappointing players with you know, Usman Dembele and Zuffati potentially not doing enough. fati um, has got it written
1: all over that he's he's gonna move somewhere surely. He's got like Atletico Madrid in his veins, doesn't he? He's he won't hang around at Barça for too much longer. Who? Fati.
0: Oh, I've no idea.
1: <laughs> he doesn't no look idea. the mustard that's all I'm saying he doesn't look the mustard if Dembele league, will probably go on I was going to say Dembele will probably go to PSG I think you're right about those two they don't yeah. look really cut out for Barcelona but
0: no, if there's a league I could care less about it's it's definitely La is up there um, <laughs> they just they have the big boys that make it through deep in Europe a lot of the time but aside from that um, it's it's a tough tough league to watch in my opinion um, did you did you catch the footage? Yeah, I was after about the to ask of... you to uh, run us through oh. some of the antics that were going on post game. The apparently Ooh. Melbourne Victory fans in Espanol.
1: Yeah, I mean, short of a bucket, um, this was very reminiscent of the derby, wasn't it? Um, you've got to context it with Espanol's in nineteenth uh, place. They are rivals as well. They're very close yeah. in proximity to Barcelona. Like Barcelona derby, and uh, for you know. I don't know where you guys sit on this. If you're away from home and you win the league, a league that's pretty much assured anyway, they are what 12, 13 points clear. Do you form a ring around a Rosie in the middle of the park and celebrate uh, (laughs) just by like running in a circular motion while the opposition fans whistle, boo? I don't know if they threw anything, but my God, did they jump the fence
0: after a certain amount of time? (laughs) I think you should be able to do it, but... You need to have a sense of, um, unfortunately, football fans are fuckwits and Big they will babies. react to these things. Um, you know, you have your celebrations at the whistle, you know, hug each other, whatever, shake hands, all that. Then just head off into the rooms. If you're away at your rival's ground, I know you want to soak it up, but it's a bit different in some of these places than, like, I remember Arsenal. Arsenal's last two titles. Um, 2001 was won at uh, Old Trafford. And then the Invincibles wrapped it up at White Hart Lane um and there was absolute scenes but I believe they kind of like waited for most of the home fans to be gone before they really got wild with the away end and mm-hmm. the traveling fans so um maybe just be a bit more aware of that Barca. but they should be able to anyway they should be able to enjoy it but you know they are fourteen points ahead, aren't they
1: exactly and you would just you would be seething as a espanol fan thinking that your side's condemned to relegation and you're watching you know you're much better yeah. resourced much more uh, applauded and lucrative rivals doing that on your turf yeah. I don't I don't advocate for them jumping up the pitch and running towards them but I'd be pissed too
0: they uh they're not completely gone there's four games left in that league Elche are dead bottom with 19 points oh they're that gone is, that is low <laughs> That's uh, low. 23 losses, four wins, seven draws. And then Espanol, Getafe and uh, Valencia, one of the bigger clubs in Spain were right down there for a long period. And In the last few weeks, they've managed to just claw themselves up to 14th. So they're, they're sitting, well, they're only three points out, but they probably are better than the teams below them. A lot of smaller clubs below them. Um, Business as usual, I guess, in third with Atletico Madrid. They're just doing that thing again. They are right on Real Madrid's arse, though, and could pip second. Um, Real Sociedad take the fourth uh, European Champions League spot at the moment with Villarreal Mm. fifth.
1: Yeah, be fun to see Sociedad compete next season and the Champions League. They fully deserve it as well. They've been the surprise packet and more or less um, deserve it. So. Why yeah. not? Like you said, La Liga. This it's a tough league to watch as a neutral. I think if you're not invested in it.
0: Yeah. The um the other one was Sevilla. They were, they were real low. They were in a bit of trouble at Christmas, sitting right in that bottom three, and managed to claw their way back. They're sitting tenth at the moment, about halfway. But they would be a, a disappointing season by their standards. I would have thought the Europa League kings, or the UEFA Cup kings, whatever you want to call them. Um, let's talk the Championship playoffs because. Uh, we're recording between games again, but um Luton have gone through. They've knocked off Sunderland after uh what was it, a two-one loss to the Black Cats in the first leg and then a two-nil win this uh two-nil win this morning sent them through an aggregate. Um huge. Monumental. I mean, this is massive. This club is tiny. Yeah. We've not
1: been in the, the top division for what, 30, 40 years. This is insane. I couldn't to, tell you to, to think. That I mean, you got to, again, contextualise it with Sunderland being maybe a season too early in their development. They've been brilliant under Mowbray, playing the kids. They've they've done some wonderful things. Uh, Diallo looks like an incredible player. It's such a shame that he's going to go back to the scum next season. But, you know, outside of that, Luton totally deserved this given that they finished third. They were, you know, up there for the They were never really in touch with Burnley and Sheffield United, but they were definitely the best of the rest. Yeah and I'm so stoked to see them get the opportunity to go to Wembley and um you know play off for like the most expensive game in world football.
0: Yeah, brilliant. Coopy, catch any of this? Yeah, um I've been giving the championship
2: a bit of a closer watch in the last month or so and it's a really good league. It's just I know there's a lot of football played, but there seems to be just exciting games and and all sorts of things going on. Um but yeah, they were, you know, they Sunderland probably really unlucky to not have a penalty. Um, when they were one nil down last night, but outside of that, Luton just really dominant for ninety minutes and full stripes, well earned, off to Wembley. Yep, to only Wembley. one shot on target for Sunderland, so you can't really complain about that result.
0: Um, Middlesbrough played Coventry in a nil all draw, and now they play each other tomorrow morning. People will have heard this by the time they have played. I don't know if you either either of you have a, any preference for who you want to go through and face luton there i'm thinking luton v coventry would be fun just as Uh, a i just just to mix it up i'm massively on the
2: middlesbrough get riley mcgree to the premier league bandwagon um yep just love seeing adelaide boys succeed don't we yeah um but fuck they got rinsed in the first leg middlesbrough coventry 11 shots to three you know just yeah I don't know if Middlesbrough are up to it. They'll be at home, you know, good opportunity, but they just well and truly outplayed in the first leg. This would be really tough for Borough given Coventry's last nine away games, they're unbeaten.
1: Um, that midfield battle is going to be massive because it, it really was um, <clears throat> um, McGree versus their midfield three, essentially. And he was massive in that in that first leg. And it would, it would be, I'd love to see him go up uh, with Borough. But outside of that, I reckon he's gonna get a shot whether or not Middlesbrough go up. I can see them making a tidy sum off of him and he'll definitely fit into a, a Bournemouth or, you know, potentially even a West Ham if you're looking to replace like a Declan Rice with like a cheap option with a more expensive option. I don't know. I reckon his time's come.
0: So whether or not they go up, I think we'll see Riley in the Prem next season. Nice. I couldn't help but notice also, Tommy, your mate Ali Mowat running around centre mid for borough. How do you feel it's lovely him? to see. It's lovely to see. There's so many. There's so many of these
1: getting around. Like Lewis Cook has decided to turn it on for Bournemouth. Um, Sam Byram still kicks around. Charlie Taylor's got a contract. It's yeah. It's hard to say. It's hard to say with these guys. He never really cut it for Leeds when he was playing, but outside of that, look, I'm pleased. I'm pleased for all of them that they feel great memories from the last time we were in the championship and. Hopefully next time we're in the championship, we
0: discover more of them. Cool. Let's quickly go through a handful of these uh, Premier League fixes from the weekend. We, we won't do a lot of them. Just like last week, it's getting to that time of year where there's a lot of pointless games. But um, Newcastle Leeds was certainly not pointless and it should have been Leeds looking comfortable 2-0 up and in the end, they scramble a 2-0 draw.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <clears throat> do you want me to be objective or subjective on this oh, you Oh,
1: you do whatever you like. You do you. Uh, we looked good, I think, is the only thing. And it's, it's really instilled hope in our fight for survival. Um, given the lesser result, which we'll go on to, it pushes us just that little bit closer to survival. And I've been saying it for like the last 10 weeks, we're safe until we're not. And yep. we got two, we got West Ham who are on the beach. We got Spurs who are shit house. I reckon we got six points coming. So to get a point out of this, massive. To come from behind, huge. But what an incredibly missed opportunity it was when Bamford stepped up and butchers another penalty. I know he doesn't listen to this. He's off Twitter. The Leeds fans have been going rabid against him. Uh, You know, on top of the Leicester miss that he had at the back post a few weeks ago for us to win it. I feel for the guy because he's been so instrumental in you know Leeds coming up and in that first season in the Premier, he scored 17 goals and got the England call up. But he's so riddled with injuries; he cannot find his his best form. And it, on reflection, you're just wondering why you would let him take that penalty.
0: Yeah, he um he just looks cooked, and I think I've said it on here before. He looks to me he's the sort of striker. I don't I don't mind him, but he's got a very very specific niche style that has to be played to suit him. In some ways, I feel like he would benefit from being in a far better team.
1: Mm, you know, those, like yeah, yeah. a
0: team where all the players around him are actually better than him, but he will be at their level because he'll end up scoring tap-ins and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but that penalty was just a striker just still trying to just force the, force the form back um, and he's just put it keep a high, not even a, a full dive, really, just a lean to the side, not not good. And then they go straight at hope- the other end, and the defender was at Verba. Well, they who, gave it away, who just boots the guy in the shin. Yeah, yeah, what are you doing, mate? Anyway, <laughs> that kind of sums up lead season in one go there. Um, hopefully, only- he was
1: taking notes. Hopefully, he was taking notes on what Wilson was doing, so he knows what to do next time. <laughs>
0: Cooper, I don't know if you have any notes on Newcastle
2: or Leeds. Um, but... I just noted that night shiftable favourite Luke Ayling bagged himself a goal. Um, <laughs> certainly did. God, Proving his worth. Both of our right-backs scored in this game. and
1: I.
0: <laughs> just... Why did you have two right-backs?
1: Well, I mean, they're, they're both scoring, so why would you not play both of them at the same time? It's better they than playing Rodrigo
0: both... and Bamford. They weren't both scoring. One just did. Put Ayling up
2: front and you survive. That's not a bad shout. Yep. And that yeah, sounds like cool. a big
1: Sam thing to do. You could just lump it up to a big man and wait for oh, Ailing to find off the scraps. I'm, I'm
2: still waiting for Melia
0: to start a game at nine.
1: Hey, I don't think we're going to see Melia ever again in
0: a lead show. <laughs> I wouldn't rule it out. There was a bunch of other games. Saturday night, uh, Villa beat Spurs 2-1. Chelsea beat Forrest. Uh, drew with Forrest 2 all Frank Lampard 2 unbeaten. Um, I don't know if we'll talk about this game at all, but 90. the rumor is that Pochettino is gonna happen. It's nothing official as we record, but looks like Pochettino is Chelsea's choice at the moment.
1: Mm, can you clear the muck out, Coop? I I have high hopes for him in a restricted
2: squad list, unfortunately for him. I hope he fails miserably and I hope the mud dog continues to stink and Chelsea continue to rot. Do
0: you not like is this because you don't like Chelsea or cause you don't like Pochettino? Uh, I think it's more
2: Chelsea related. Okay. I, don't know, I, think, I think Poch has been a bit hard done by in his managing career, but I'm not yeah, sure Potentially, Chelsea is necessarily the good bounce no, back well, landing spot for him. But
0: po- Poch keeps choosing basket yeah, cases of clubs. It's his own fault. The PSG one, interesting. Uh, yeah, Spurs I get, he was hard done by there. He, uh, he pretty much had his hands tied with everything, did everything he could with that mess, but yeah. We'll see he how did a great job knows.
1: there. He's got a really good, fluid tactical formation um, that probably won't suit Chelsea down to the ground. And so he may have to employ a different kind of style, which may cause him to come undone. I, I don't know. And the fact that Chelsea's squad lists are so packed, you've got to have one in, one out if you're going to sign anybody. But his hands are already tied. So th- this is a poison chalice. I don't know why you do it.
0: Yeah. Um- other games that night Palace beat Bournemouth 2-0 Eze, Tommy you set off at Eze played exceptionally well again um we've been a big fan of his the last few months Man United beat Wolves 2-0 at Old Trafford which is a win they I don't know if they necessarily needed it but it's uh it's handy and Wolves Wolves that's a pretty typical Wolves result for this season I'd say um and the other important one was Fulham winning away to Southampton 2-0 um, goals from Carlos Vinicius and Alexander Mitrovic sealing Southampton's fate Back down they go
1: Yeah, Mitro's back And Southampton are put to the sword My favourite tweet of this during the game Was a Southampton home fan Took a picture of the Fulham away fans uh, In their seats as they'll get beaten 2-0 And he simply said I cannot believe we're getting relegated to a side Who has away fans that sit down <laughs> <laughs> it just sums it up
0: perfectly for me. Cooper, anything on Southampton or Fulham, preferably Southampton here? Because they're yeah. the ones that were shipping off to KO next season. This could potentially be very vibe based, but. Here we go. I
2: love they, Cooper's vibe based. Southampton strike me as one of those clubs that are going to get relegated from the Premier League and not bounce back.
0: Ooh. Okay. Okay, well, this is,
1: let's this hear is, it, this is, let's hear it. This is, this is kind of what um, our friend Deck Bebbington was asking. If Leeds went down, would we come straight back up with parachute payments or be
2: consigned to Championship League One? It's just interesting. They just they really built a team purely around James Ward-Prowse, it seems, and, you know, there's got to be strong doubt that they keep him at this phase. And, and he's been, you know, the guy for Southampton for five-odd years now, and... And now they're, you know, they were looking for potential push for a low rank Europe spot originally. And now it's, you know, you're dead bottom heading down to the championship, going to lose the guy that you built everything around. Where do, they're not a club notoriously noted for making signings or spending money. You know, where do they go from here? I feel bad for South. Like, I get what you're saying. Ward Prowse is probably going to go to a top six club, do you think? I mean, Liverpool again, anyone want him? Arsenal? I don't know whether Not the sure. the top six windows maybe close for James Ward Prowse now, and he might end up with like a mid-table Premier League side, like an Aston Villa or someone like that. Oh, that, uh-huh. sort of... that would be mint, actually.
0: Yeah. Uh, that's yeah, that, I agree with Cuba there. I think it's one mm. of those sort of clubs in there is more likely like a Brent, even like a Brentford or someone. Um, I don't see any of the top six going for him, but um... given he's English, I mean, it gives a. Yeah. It'd be Spurs. It'd be
2: Spurs or Chelsea. if would did Spurs. <laughs> See, I just <laughs> thought
0: Spurs because that seems like the obvious one, but I think, I don't know if Spurs fans would take that. They would feel like that's probably a little below It'd their be ambitions red. at the moment, signing a guy who, as good as he is, is, um was captain for a team that finished dead bottom. Oh, what, to play for a club that's going to finish mid-table? I'm sure that would be yeah, fine you know, Well, he, we've seen how they've acted the last however many years the way they've talked it up um the way they expected you know to push for a, cha- a premier league title so mm. i don't think they would accept signing someone like ward prowse um i just i feel so bad for
1: southampton because they for a long time they were buying developing players that were then just poached by the top 6 yeah. and it's 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 merciless like, the way that they've gone there was a good um, they showed a side that they had what five or six years ago. They had Mane in it, and it has Nat Klein
2: and it's got like Outvailed at the back, and it's it's Lallana. all of these players. They yeah, became Lallana. they became a, a real good pick and go market for Liverpool for a while there with um, Nat Klein, Van Dijk, Wollan. Yeah. yeah, that's it. But like, it, it, do you know it's just it's so it's so bit.
1: gross that this is what the Premier League is—is is that you can do everything you possibly can. To you know, to 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 play the game properly and to do as best as you possibly can, and then you're just ripe for the picking, and then you're this, relegated a couple of years this, later. It like
2: shouldn't that, be a fucked, mystery, though, man. I, I don't know it's if I a have mystery, but it's uh,
1: fucked how it works.
2: But I don't know if I have sympathy for them in a sense that this happens to every single team outside of the, those bigger sides because it's not it's not about these bigger clubs coming in and stealing all the time. It's it's about player ambition as well.
1: You say that, but then that Leicester team that won the league, Kante goes, Mahrez goes, you know, Harry Maguire goes, whatever you think of him, and it, you look at this and you're like, you can even win the Premier League and you'll still get picked apart. Like this, it, it's a fundamental problem with this league, and it almost it almost
2: makes you wonder why why do you bother why why would you even try to compete in this? Does it not does it not happen everywhere though? Like we've just you know, for example, Napoli, we talk about Napoli, they've just won the Serie A and their best player this season, Victor Oshman, there is rumours of him going everywhere. You've just won mm. one of the top five leagues in the world. You know, you're set in stone to be in Europe next year. You made it to a Champions League what, quarterfinal. It, these players just want more. Mm. Is it more money or is it more
1: adulation in terms of fan I, I just fan think base.
2: potentially it could also be about a little bit more consistency in their careers like we speak about those Leicester players I think a lot of them knew even if they stayed together there was a good chance that they'd drop out before the following season and you know it might just be a one-and-done crack at at top flight European football when when they just Mm. want more what did they finish the next season was it fifth they finished fifth
1: so they weren't even too far away from it
0: I just want to wind back to what you were saying before and I know well, you know, Tommy, I agree with you on the way football is and the way the modern kind of world works. Um, but for the sake of uh, you know us being here talking about it, um, it's, it's not a mystery to teams like Southampton. This is how it goes. Mm. They had to do more to try and replace these players. They've got it wrong in the end. It's been biting them for a while and they still couldn't get it right. Um, and in the end the squad they've got here just is not good enough. They haven't done enough to get the right players in. I think they've made some they've made some strange moves like getting guys like Theo Wolcott back. You know, they've still got Stuart Armstrong there lingering around who's he's been a an on off starter for years now, but he's still there and he starts starts a bunch of games when they're struggling. Um and then scraps like Ainsley Maiden Niles from Arsenal, who was you know, he left arsenal because he wanted to be a center midfielder goes to south and he's playing as a fullback still so you wide know, back anyway like that. so um <laughs> you know they've got they've got it wrong and they just have to eat it for that but um i don't know i don't know if they'll come back up or not perhaps we'll ask the question uh bebo did ask do leeds united bounce straight back up with the parachute payment or are we can uh de- or are we Condemned to years of Championship League One football again. I'm going to open that up a bit more. Which of the teams that are in that bottom three at the moment, or the teams you think will go down, um, do have the ability to come back up, and which will struggle? Interesting. I
1: I think Leicester would struggle if they did go down because I think you're going to lose James Madison. Vardy probably has only got one more season in him. Uh, Taylor Mens is not going to play in the Championship. You're losing Barnes surely you're losing harvey Barnes I mean they spent what 10 mil on Sutars, who so don't want to play in the championship again I but doubt not. it yeah I think they're in a lot of trouble if they go down um Leeds I mean we suck anyway <laughs> we don't have good footballers <laughs> so if they went that's fine we'll play the kids we've got a great academy they just got promoted um from the second division of p2 up back back up to the the top of the p2 um so that's that's good news for Leeds West Ham, I think, would bounce straight back up because we've seen them do it again. Uh, they're not going to go down anyway. Forest would be an interesting one, given how many players that they've signed.
2: Yeah, not sure what Cooper's thinking here. Can you? Would they be in financial stress? I, I don't I know. Think, I think short form, if I can shorten the answer, in the bottom six teams in the Premier League, West Ham and Everton are the only two clubs that I think would bounce back easily through automatic promotion.
1: I agree. Everton have financial woes themselves, though. So they could, I mean, they've still got um, FFP stuff
0: hanging over their heads at the moment, so. Yeah. yeah. We've seen that that doesn't mean fucking anything. I think, I think it? they're- it, a- it
1: does in the championship, dude. I tell you what, the championship, they fucking crack down
2: on it. Yeah, I think I just think they're, they're, they're a big enough club to to bounce back up.
0: Aww, I agree. I think Everton bounce back up, too. But- that, that's nice from your crosstown rival. I don't think he said it with any sympathy at all. Um, Very generous though. We'll move it on. Uh, Brentford and West Ham was a two 0 win to the bees. And the big ones city beat Everton three 0 And then a few hours later, Arsenal lost three 0 at home to Brighton, (laughs) all but ending whatever title fucking attempt that was. Um, (laughs) Calm down, Sam, let the dust settle, let the dust settle. We want a top four. We want a top four. That's what we wanted. And we're sitting second with the youngest team in the Premier League. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um, Thoughts on either of these two games? Uh, I don't know how much we need to go into them,
1: but. The only thing I had for Everton City was, um, like, shout out to Yeri Mina for simultaneously acting like an absolute grub and being weak as piss throughout this. He is a villain.
0: I thought it was hilarious how, like, what Guardiola thought of all this, considering he managed a Barcelona team with, like, Busquets and co Geordie Alba being little pricks all the time. So, um, but yeah, Cooper, anything on this? Or are we just turning this into a general bottling the league discussion? No, I just city more of the
2: same, more of what you expected and, and Arsenal yep. potentially disappointing also potentially just a little bit mentally defeated. I um, think so. Yeah. I think they run they knew, their race. Yeah. I think they, they knew it was gone. And, and like you just said, um, you know, youngest team in the Premier League, and when when the dust settles and, and thirty eight games gone, and, and I look back on this season as a neutral, Arsenal are the biggest overachiever of the Premier League season, and it's a season to be to be very proud of for that squad.
1: Yeah, Tommy. No, agreed. There was not. They put up a table of all the pundits on Sky Sports and BT and all of that shit. Uh, there was not a single one that picked Arsenal to finish top four this season, and for them to now be in a position where the entire world who supports the Premier League is mocking them and like saying that they've bottled the league. I mean, this, this, this is the same. It's, it's usually the kids as well. This is the same generation of people who won't answer their fucking phone on private because they're too scared to see who's on the other end. And you're telling me you're telling professional footballs that they've bottled something that they weren't even supposed to be in a position to win. It just—it makes no sense to me. They're 15 points clear a third. Like, how could you say that this was a poor season? Or how could you say this deserves to be laughed at? I wholeheartedly agree. Thank you for your support. Uh Just just imagine how easily City would have walked this league if it wasn't for Arsenal.
0: Yeah. I wanted to ask what you think of... I know he's... I don't know how legitimate this guy is or how much he just wants to be a shock jock, but Gary Neville... Um, <sighs> just bringing up, he's brought up this guy. He brought up talk about, um, you know, the some of the celebrations that Arsenal had after some dramatic late wins. You know, Zinchenko's late one, the Jorginho late one against Villa, the Bournemouth goal guys like celebrating on the pitch with the fans. After what, like, uh, isn't this the whole point of sport is to celebrate dramatic late wins like this?
1: You got to celebrate your wins. That's what Jesse Marshall always used to say.
0: Ne- Neville's argument was that, that it shows that no one had a level of composure in the Arsenal dressing room, which I just think is a a nonsense thing to say. Um, but
2: I yeah. I feel really sorry for Gary Neville in a sense of if he feels that way, then he spent a career winning silverware, being a miserable piece of shit every single time they won one and not enjoying any part of any title-winning journey. You play 38 games of football in a season. If you don't enjoy five or six fucking
0: moments, you're a miserable git. Yeah, exactly. They're not robots. Yeah, 100%. No, I agree. I'm glad we're all on the same page there. Uh, The last game of the round that we are going to talk about was liverpool leicester Liverpool winning three 0 hammering Leicester down there. Liverpool making that push towards the top four; it's within sight, isn't it?
1: This is two minutes for Cooper now to wax lyrical about Curtis Jones and Liverpool's top four hopes.
2: I'm so upset that he scored three goals in two games because he belongs <laughs> to the championship team. I just, oh, people are saying all...
1: you've you've saved 150 million on Bellingham though. Oh, i think been waiting Curtis.
2: so long for this kid Liverpool. to come on, and this just—it's still not it. And I just... We're doing this thing again that we did a few years ago, but we underperformed. And then in the last 10 games of the season, we decided that we wanted to be superstar Liverpool again. And it took a fucking Alison Becker header to get us into the Champions League just for Alvaro Morata to piss on our grave in a quarterfinal the year after anyway. I just... I don't want to play Europa League football, but I, I don't want to, you know, tie my fucking cart to the horse of Champions League football either because... I don't want to finish the season bitterly disappointed that we didn't finish in the top four because for twenty five weeks of this season we did not deserve to.
1: If you're if you're going to talk about those twenty five weeks though, uh, heavily indebted in injury, maybe this is just a sign of what Liverpool could have been if you had a full strength squad throughout.
2: Yeah, and I think we've spoken about this in previous weeks too. You know, I'll fully fit Mm. Liverpool next season. You know, add one or two players, whether it's Barella, fucking whoever you know, there will be a title threat again, potentially. It's it's not like that door in that window is closed. It's just another, it's an unfortunate, unlucky at times. But again, in, in my eyes, look, injury or not, you create your own luck at times and we didn't do it on enough occasions mm-hmm. this year. And, you know, if we get to the top four, we get to the top four. It pains me how much of a role Chelsea are going to play in it too because they have United and Newcastle in their last three games of the season.
1: Well, unbeaten in two. Frank Lampard could do the job. Give him a night. He
2: does. <laughs> I, I, think, read,
1: um, I, I was going to say, I read one thing uh, about this game, and it was someone whacking lyrical about uh, Cody Gakpo. And uh, look, he scored six goals, I think, in 18 games. Not a bad return, but described him as a bargain at being signed for 37 million pounds. Can what? anything be classified as a bargain when it's 37 no. million pounds? No, surely. No, it
0: can't. Um, I I'm gonna I maintain what I've said all along this season about Klopp, and I think there's a lot of clubs that would be pretty wary uh, of what Liverpool could do next year with a fully fit squad. I, having said that, I still think they do need to add, maybe not so much add depth, but they definitely need to add. Well, Klopp himself might need to add a bit more to his. A bit more to his starting 11s in terms of rotation and you know giving other players a go in there because I think that's you know the the theme of the last few seasons is him Liverpool going deep in all these competitions, him playing the same kind of 11 to what 11 to 12, 13, 14 maybe max guys. Um, so more rotation in there, and who knows? They're definitely still look at all that talent in that starting 11 that played on the weekend, like you know Curtis Jones aside. They are. They're they're strong. (laughs) This is a very strong team on paper, and people should be worried. It looks like Cavalio is going to move
1: as well, which like it. That's what you're alluding to. Maybe the depth of talent isn't quite there. Maybe he's not giving the opportunity to the younger guys to try and come through. It's hard to say. Um, Yeah, I think Trent scored a banger though.
2: You know, I think I think he's been the shining light of the last ten weeks of the season. Trent is you know, playing that slightly different role and, and recapturing, you know, the talent that everyone knows he had. Um, I think it comes back to the injury thing on, on the depth front again. I'm pretty solid on having a, you know, a back a goalkeeper and a back four that you don't really change. You know, you have a few minuscule rotations through there. Um, but I think that was the Nunez Gakpo situation was the adding more attacking depth so it wasn't the same three guys and and injuries crippled us a bit there. It's for me, it's really the midfield I worry more about. I'm not really sure on Carvalho yet. Harvey Elliott has games where he looks like a world beater and then he has games where you don't see him. I think he's going to be a great player, but I think, you know, he's still a few years away from being a consistent starter in a title challenging team. Um, and Fabinho, Jordan Henderson, and Curtis Jones is not a midfield three that's going to win your Premier League title. So, nope. you know, it's it's required that, that one or two midfielders are added to starting a level quality level in that midfield in the offseason. Very good. Well, um, you might
1: get you might get Mason Mount on the cheap, is what I'm reading.
0: Oh, jeez, interesting. Yeah, not, not sure where to stand on that boy right now. Um, quickly, just before we finish up, I should mention Ange watch because we have a bunch of Rangers listeners, and uh, they did win a meaningless derby at the end of the year <laughs> after the leagues wrapped up, and Ange rested five players, but um, you know. TikTok Todd was loving it and getting the fans up and about. So uh, I don't know. I guess this is the boost Rangers might have needed, whether whether Celtic were caring too much about it or not. Rangers probably needed this, uh, something to carry them forward towards next season to give them that uh, hope that they can challenge this Ange side. But um, yeah, who knows? we we'll just have to wait and see what the offseason holds.
1: I've got two quick questions for you on this. Go on. Is any Derby game ever meaningless? Uh,
0: I think in this context, given that they play each other four times a year in the league because of the the Scottish fixture has everyone plays each other three times and then the the table splits in half to get to 38 games. And so Rangers and Celtic are always in the same half of the table. So they play each other four times throughout the year, two home, two away. They often will meet at some point in a cup competition, the League Cup, whether it's in the final or a semi, and then the same in the Scottish FA Cup as well. So we're talking six a year. And now that neither team has away fans there, like the home side, they decided they weren't going to let away fans in. So there wasn't even any Celtic fans there, I don't think. So, um, really? Yeah, so that's just uh, that's just the way of it these days. They, that's odd. Is that a police thing? No, it started. It was really stupid. It started a few seasons ago, I think. Like uh, Rangers pulled the trigger on reducing the allocation. Mm-hmm. Celtic fans, so Celtic did the same, and then it's just been reduced since to pretty much so no, no, none. Both teams both teams just decided we have too many season ticket holders holders and members, and we want them to be able to go to the game instead. So. That's the way it goes That's, now.
1: So I didn't I didn't know about that. That's Yeah.
0: Bad. I don't I don't think it's a great thing, but um yeah, putting all that context in it, I think you can have a slightly less meaningful derby, I guess. You know, Celtic have still got another trophy to go out and win. Um and like I said, Rangers, this was kind of their their final, their last thing to kind of boost themselves up for next season. Yeah, nice. My second question was why you would rest five of your starters
1: but i think he answered that then if you've got no away fans if you've got another title to play for why not who cares
0: yeah yeah well good all right i think we're done are we done cooper you okay with that yeah i'm I'm all well and good oh good you didn't want to update us update us on any other league that you know Knotts um, no, county just- got
1: through you want to talk I- about knots
0: yeah, I'd um, rather you didn't. I won't. Yeah. But
2: we all know they did it the hard way. Um, no, I'm. I'm going to lay off the other European leagues just because I don't want to accidentally say something wrong again yeah, and watch spend them. five minutes getting corrected yeah. by Sam on how to say Poor or whatever they're called. So <laughs> uh
0: Trabzonspor, <laughs> the Bundesliga. You did. <laughs> you was off air before you said Bundesliga, which was interesting. You also said. uh uh, what would you call Kyogo, Kyogo, which was interesting. And you called the local South Australian football league, the SAFL, which was a, a good one, but I think we'll leave it there. Uh, thanks guys. Should we do a red edition in a sec? Uh,
1: if we must, yeah, unfortunately.
0: We'll do, a, we'll do a quick red edition. Stay tuned for that one. Get around us on the socials, share, rate it, like it, all that stuff. Catch you folks. Have a good week. Peace.